brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the latest installment of Survivor Mania. That's right. Lindsay and I are back to break down Survivor Season 43, which premiered yesterday. Just kidding. It premiered last Wednesday, but we've had a rough few days, rough few weeks here. Some of you guys know I may or may not have had COVID last week. So we're finally getting down to brass tacks to break down the season premiere for all of you guys. And we could not be more excited to do so. Lindsay, how are you? I am so excited to be back doing this. It, it wasn't that long. It, oh, it went since by Survivor fast. Season 42? Or, since we've podcasted last. Yeah, it went, it went by quickly. Maybe because I didn't have the stress of podcasting about Big Brother in the meantime. Oh, can I just say, I've said this on Challenge Mania. I'm going to say it again here today. That choosing to omit Big Brother from our summer watching repertoire, and in turn, I'm sorry, guys, uh, omitting bb fever from your podcast feeds this year it felt really good it felt like a weight off of our shoulders not saying we'll never be back not saying we will dive back into big brother but with now having the season formally behind us i can say because because i mean what happened was we we tapped out after like week one where one i think we watched one episode but we obviously were following along on social media and we heard all the chatter about this woman taylor getting bullied and she was probably going to get voted out and oh my god problematic cast members again what are we going to do we tap out, cut to yesterday, where apparently Taylor has won the show. She gave this great speech, which I watched the speech. Hey, Cliff notes the whole show for me, the whole season. Got the whole lowdown of her, you know, overcoming adversity, all this stuff, her representing, um, well, what is it? Uh, what's the word? It starts with an R, resiliency, all that stuff. So I am so glad that we did not have three nights worth of content to watch and have to catch up to and then podcast about for you guys, but I feel like now we're fresh. You know what I mean? Now I feel like we're coming back from a Puerto Rico vacation. Like we took last December and we are ready to dive into survivor season 43. Whereas had we done BB 24, we'd probably have a little bit of podcast fatigue and be like, Oh, another season of survivor. We're ready to go. Yeah. I, I feel like I unfortunately saw most of the season via Twitter and it was on, on like, 
it was impossible to avoid all still digesting a lot of the content. But I do feel like maybe we missed a good season because the winner is so epic that maybe this was like the wrong one to finally miss. It's possible, but you know, you can't really pick and choose. Like, I feel like the seasons where you realize, Oh, this would have been a good one to skip. Like you're, you're pot committed. You've made it through halfway through the summer and then kind of abandoning then is almost like you're, 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 you're like, why would I do this? Whereas we, you know, look, we took the opportunity. We might've picked one that ended up with a feel good story and a good winner and everything like that. But we decided early to tap out one episode in, and I can just say that it made our summer just feel like, I don't know, like a summer actually. Cause I, joke that big brother turns into an internship of course of sorts because it's three days a week you find yourself like catching up to it and it kind of becomes a task and and especially if you're going to podcast about it you feel obligated to actually have seen all the episodes then you have this like subsect of, of people who are just by nature of watching the live feed so much more plugged in than you have so much more added insight and info than you. And there's these two different narratives. It's, it's like, what am I plugged into? What am I responding to the online narrative of the live feeds or what CBS is throwing at us, which often is kind of a different sugar coated view of everything going on. So I like that. It's even an option for you. Like if you're podcasting about it, you probably want to watch all of the episodes. Yes, Scott, that is the bare minimum that you have to do is watch the episodes. But here's what I'll say. And, and let me just say that. Yes, I agree. Okay. But it did feel like homework in that most of the time an episode would roll around and say it was like a power of veto episode. I would have already known who won. I would have known like the big conversation that happened. And I would essentially be watching it in quotes to just be able to say to the podcast audience, yes, I watched it, but did I ever truly need to watch it? I would say five out of 10 episodes, I would say there wasn't new information on the episode. You know, it was almost a dumbed down version of what I had gotten on my feeds because these people who update you on Twitter are very detailed. They're very good. And they have insight that the show itself doesn't end up having. Yes. And and I am happy that we are doing Survivor again. It is one episode a week. This was a, a two hour episode. I'm cool with that. Always throw, throw at me as many two hour weekly episodes as you want. But for a married couple who podcast together, watching just one episode a week and podcasting once a week seems to be about what we can handle when we have two kids and busy schedules and we need the apartment totally to ourselves this is just about what we can handle and so i'm glad to be doing this podcasting about a show that we love that continues to get better and better and is only once a week (laughs) um last week ironically i had nothing but time but by nature of that because i so uh, full disclosure, I got COVID round two. Um, we caught it very early and I went and quarantined in Brock's room, which was what became my room for the week. And thus Lindsay had to do double parent duty all week. So while I was like, Hey, Lynn survivor mania, let's do it. She's like, I'm juggling two people. Uh, so now we're getting to it now. Um, but you know, I will say that this show, which we love, obviously, which if you haven't heard our interview with Dom last week, um, kind of comes through in the interview because I find myself siding with and agreeing with Dom, Someone who, of course, got like the survivor edit treatment and story treatment and then went on not just the challenge, but a very kind of, you know, stripped down version of the challenge, the CBS version of the challenge, which had pros and cons from being on CBS, but also being the challenge format. One that he pointed out that I really agreed with was that 
you know, the challenge is really void of a lot of the like character stuff and story driven stuff and like the journey of the underdog and things like that, that survivor really sinks its teeth into, you know, sometimes gratuitously. So, but that the challenge sort of like exempts itself from being able to even include that because of how much time they spend on the challenges. And so Dom and I were like kindred spirits who we clearly both love survivor. We both love succession. Um, but like him having been on the challenge USA and me having, you know, had the struggle of watching the challenge USA. It's like, we're sitting here. We don't need to see 30 people do the same the car struggle stunt. of watching the challenge USA. I'm just saying like in comparison, you and I haven't talked about this yet. And, uh, I have not finished the challenge USA, but I like it a lot. Right. But if you're coming off of, so a season like, you know, Dom had on ghost Island, right. Where, you know, they are able to simultaneously and over the course of way more episodes than the challenge USA had, I get it. Challenge USA, I think was 10 or 11 episodes and uh survivor seasons end up being closer to 20, right. Something like that. I, I believe, no, is that wrong? I don't know. Either way, a show like ghost Island, you tell so many different stories. You have, you know, pre merge arcs, you have this and that. And then of course him and Wendell have this great sort of, you know, uh, dueling alpha male kind of, uh, thing that leads to the end, the split vote, Laurel's a deciding vote. But along the way you learn so much about them as people, as strategists, things like that. Then he goes on the challenge USA and felt that a lot of his strategy, a lot of his impact on the game, a lot of his relationships were, were not shown and, and not like they were showing other people's and not his, the guy who wins the show, I don't want to spoil it for you. You don't even get to kind of even, even know how he got there. You kind of know like one thing that he mentions in all of his, you, do you know who won the show? Do, am I, am I like going to ruin this for you? I, I know who wins by okay. being married to you. So Danny wins the show and I can tell you wholeheartedly, cause I watched every episode I podcasted about it. And I also had a lot of people write in that the only thing you got from Danny or about Danny out of this 10 episode series was that, was that he has a wife named Kiki who loves the challenge as much as he does. That is it. You did not hear about his strategy, about him being well-liked about him having alliances about what got him to the end, about why people, you know, sort of uh, let this NFL athlete get to the end of an, uh, competition that involves athletics, none of that stuff. And so a guy like really Dom, makes you want to credit the editors of survivor here. I feel like that has to be all in the editing to be able to, you're right a choice. To, to, to get all of that in, but it's a mandate. Cause like, for instance, so, so what they, now this was a two hour episode of survivor, but they're normally an hour, but they kind of, what they do with these challenges is they, they consolidate them and they keep them to now granted they have a different format where for the most part, they're group challenges, which is a little easier, but on a show like the challenge where you have, whether it's, you know, 15 pairs of two or 30 individuals doing something, I don't think we need to see everyone do the same puzzle on top of a car. Show us the person who did the best, show us the person who did the worst, and then show us a little montage of everyone in the middle who did pretty good, and then move it along. Because I think that the aftermath of who came in first or last is more interesting, and what people do with that power or that information is more interesting than the car stunt itself. I think they love the amount of spectacle that comes with the explosions and the cars and the setups and the budgets and this and that. I don't feel, though, like the challenges that they show us on Survivor that they skimp on it. Do you do you feel like they are, you know, I, I guess maybe they're the designed to be on the challenge the right the, the the challenges are sometimes one person at a time or two people at a time or yeah. groups at a time whereas big you're brother right, has the, the same the problem survivor. Yeah. so big brother and the challenge <clears throat> tend to have 
daily challenges. Scott keeps telling me, by the way, that he doesn't sound congested at all, but like your voice clearly still sounds like you had COVID. Great. So I had COVID. I sound terrible. Love me or love me. So um, the challenge in Big Brother tend to do challenges where it's let's watch the same person or duo or whatever, do the same thing. In Big Brother, they'll have one person have to go through a haunted house and find a bunch of jelly beans. And then we have to watch 12 people go through the same haunted fucking house. It's like not necessary. Same thing with the challenge. On Survivor, they're very smart in that they have two different types of challenges. Group challenges where, hey, we're watching three large groups do something that, yeah, we watch the whole thing play out, but you essentially watch everything all at once. Now it's over, we can move on. The other one they do for immunity challenges is they tend to be endurance challenges where people either drop out very early and easily and they're quick in nature, or they just show us on the thing. Hey, 40 minutes just went by, 60 minutes just went by. We don't have to wait here for 60 minutes. Just show us a close-up of them sweating and we get that it's been a long time. And so I think that it's not on the editors per se because it's a mandate of, hey, we want to show all of this. We want to show every single person's run. And those two shows, by nature of the challenges they construct and just mandating that, hey, we show all of them, you know, they remove a lot of the story stuff and strategy stuff. Um, so anyway, this is a very long-winded way of me saying that I love Survivor. Um, Dom clearly loves Survivor. If you heard that We're podcast. happy to be back. Yeah. Um, so I have pulled up, I don't know if you have, but I've pulled up just to have in front of me this cheat code of all the players that we got this sent to us by our friend, Sean, because we do a little Survivor draft. Uh, shouts to Sean who put together this nice little grid. It's very comprehensive. It's got a, everyone's cast photo and their names. And if I didn't have this, I would be saying a lot of the woman who this or the guy who this or the dude from this or the guy with the hat or whatever. So I have this. So when you hear me have a very nice recall of people's names uh it is and their uh, occupation do not say wow scott you spent a lot of time researching scott's not been sure. really <laughs> stepping up his game i've got you beat i've got not only that but i've got it uh, divided by tribe here oh well my favorite tribe name of all time is a part coco? of this season no 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 but uh coco i'm wearing a coco hoodie right now yeah um, i, I would have thought it was coco no it's well you are not aware of this this will be, no, it's actually the third and final guess of yours. Um, and it is because you would never know this. And probably I would say among the people listening, maybe 5% of people will know what I'm talking about. But there is a lyric of one of my, probably my favorite uh, Notorious B.I.G. Biggie Smalls songs called Give Me the Loot, where he yells at one point during the song, Baka, Baka, Baka. And so I have already pulled the clip. And anytime we're talking about the Baka tribe, I'm going to play this clip. Baka, Baka, Baka. People will hear that. And so that is, is why there Baka a reason, is my does, favorite. What does Baka mean? And, and did Biggie use it for any specific reason? He has this song where he's like, and there's going to be a tribe on Survivor and they're going to be called Baka. No, no, it's, <clears> it's actually the song. You would hate it because the song is all about like robbing people and things like that. What is the um, meaning of Baka though? Do we know? Is that, is that I think, what? no, I think in the song, if I had to guess and anyone listening to me can confirm this, I believe it's a, it's the sound effect of a gun probably. Baka, Baka, so, Baka. so I think it's, it's almost like, and if she's resistant, Baka, Baka, Baka. I, I think it's almost like a, like, like a sound effect. Um, Yikes! Yeah, no, you would hate this song, but it is a song. Baka I, is a Japanese word that means crazy, foolish, or downright stupid. Well, maybe he's yelling that in Japanese at the woman if she's resistant and doesn't give him uh, her jewelry. But that is obviously this does not take place in Japan, Survivor. So I assume they're not using the Japanese word. So oh, I'm still me, talking I'll, about Biggie. Um, I'll, uh, yes, I'll continue to research this as we this song is on. all about uh, robbing people. It's called Give Me the Loot. Um, and I used to drive around Stanford, Connecticut uh, singing uh, 
80% of the words of this song with all of my friends. Um, and that is a very fun part of the song. And so when I heard, when he started announcing these tribes and he said Baca, I was just like, oh my God, hilarious. But that being said, I wonder how many people who watch Survivor know that song, know that lyric, think it's funny. I, I'd imagine among the people listening to this, very few of them care or find it funny, but the ones that do will really appreciate it in my opinion. So that's my, so you actually, you guessed that it was your third guess. It wasn't even your guess. You got it wrong twice. Um, I was, I assumed Coco. I, that has to be one of the more fun names of all time. I'm wearing a remember me Coco hoodie right now. I think the Baca is fig in Fijian. Okay. All right. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Um, okay, let's talk about the uh, the season really quick. We've got some questions from patreon.com slash challenge mania. The Survivor Maniacs are happy to be back in tow. Um, Did you enjoy the first episode? Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I, I, it's like I, I clearly like enjoyed it. I think that they're, you know, um, I don't know that among the last three, I would say this was a, probably the most like even keeled and no one in particular casting wise has like blown me away. Um, like as on the other two seasons, I thought there were some standouts early. Oh, However, I've got, I've got some people I'm loving already. What, how full circle is this that we ended season 42 with Marianne as a winner here. And if you were to pick anyone in the history of survivor who is more like Marianne to me, it would be this player who is the first person out on season 43 following that up. Yeah. We also had a Mariah voted out very early. I don't know if it was first, but voted out very early on last season as well. Right. Spelt differently. Right. But there was a Mariah on that season too. Um, the, but yes, this, I, this Mariah, 
is is just as joyful as yes. Marianne, just as uh, you know, kind and and positive and friendly. And there was something about her that reminded me so much of Marianne. And so it it was ironic to me that she is actually, you know, in a, a following a season where that kind of a character was able to pull out a win. Here we have this next season. She is this kind of archetype is the first person voted out of the season. So it goes to show you that you never know on Survivor, right? Like it's hard to predict. And especially, you know, hopefully now that we are casting people who are fans of the show consistently, who, you know, appreciate the show, know the history of the show. I think it's, it's pretty cool that, you know, you can go from being a type of player one season or, you know, I guess we don't know much about the type of player she, she was because she was voted out so early, but a type of person that can do so well on one season and be first one out on the next season, it, you know, it, it goes to show you anything can really happen here. And I think that it's important to note that the players from season 43 saw half of season 42. They did not see that Marianne was the winner. So there's no way to, you know, you can't say here, oh, the reason that a character like uh, um, like Mariah was voted out first was because people are scared that the, the, that type of character who everyone was so likable, so so young and vibrant and and full of life and energy was, was the winner last season. Let's I'm scared of her. Let's get her out. That that clearly was not the reason because they did not see that she was the winner of the last season. And in fact, if they're watching halfway through, you know, saw that uh, there were many times in the season where it seemed like Marianne was actually on the bottom there. Yeah. So what's interesting is I think what made last season such a great season is that you had this ultimately unpredictable winner because for the first, I mean, I would even say, uh, I don't know, three fifths of that season. Um, she felt like more of a first boot or a goat, a potential goat that is than a winner. And then she makes a couple moves there at that, you know, three fifths mark where she then turns into a presumptive favorite who you would be, you know, stupid to bring to the end. She gets to the end. She gives a great speech. She ends up winning. And to me, that's why the whole arc of the season is so masterful. And so what's interesting is this, is that it's like, you know, young people, uh, like very young people don't necessarily do that well on survivor. Um, and they can kind of go either way. Right. And the enthusiasm can kind of go either way. And with Marianne, it's not even that Marianne is the example in which it goes unconditionally. Well, you could argue that, you know, there's an alternate universe where she does get voted out. I believe it. What was it that Mariah vote uh, where it was between the two of them, I think, or something like that, right? Where she could have maybe not been first yeah. boot. I don't think by nature of her, of her tribe's fate, I don't know if she was uh, on tap to be first boot, but she could have been her tribe's first boot just based on like what you said, you know, her tribe, not loving the, you know, all the positivity and all the you know, being loud, being goofy and all the speeches at, at the, at the uh, challenges and things like that. And all the joking around and all the, the rapport with Jeff. And so it's interesting. It's not even like, Oh, flip a coin and someone could either do really well or really you know, in this case, I guess, poorly. It's almost as if it's an example of why, cause like, 
Survivor is not this linear thing like a race or like a sport where you're either the best or the worst at it. Totally. You know, it's one of those things where if hypothetically Mariah Young from this season's tribe didn't lose and she just got more time and doesn't become the first boot, does she not become the third? And does she then along the way get herself on a winner's track and win? That's what's so crazy about this yeah. show. That's why you've said That's before. That's what's awesome about this show. You've brought up before the idea of doing an all first boot season, right? Absolutely. That would be one of my dream seasons. So that's a dream season for you. And I've spoken about it with other people who don't feel the same. And I think both of you guys are right in that, for instance, you you said it right there. You said the reason is like with so many different variables, so many different factors, as you said, it is not linear. There are, are worlds in which we, we go on to see many of these players do exceptionally well, even win the game. And for instance, we saw that with, right, like Nick on his season on David yes. versus Goliath. And, and we see, we've seen that many times throughout where sometimes, and I think that's something to look out for in this episode. Like sometimes the people who are the initial targets who, who skate by at the beginning somehow get that target off their back and then become almost someone who can skate through because they've already had that target on their back. Sometimes those are the people that do really well. Sometimes not so much because like I've said before, once your name is thrown out there, it becomes easier and easier to continue to throw that person's name out there. But I think for instance, we should look at an Owen or a gabbler this episode who did not end up being the one to go out and, and we'll see how that affects them. Maybe that ends up bringing them towards the yeah. end here. Well, so, so, okay. Something, and you don't like talking about the edit and, and I'm not talking about like the edit per se of this particular episode, but it's just a fact that when you're editing a show retroactively and you are editing towards an end point where you're both trying to tell the story of an episode, which in this instance is Mariah is, you know, goes home, but you're also trying to start telling the story of a redemption arc or something impressive, like somebody who almost went home doing well. It is honestly, you know, when you look to the people who almost went home here, just right? like in big brother, this last episode here, but well, in big brother's different, Except big it's brother, live. you can't it's edit live. it. Ahead it's of time. Live. Right, right, right. So, so there was no way of, she could have gone home any of those five times she was on the block and they would have not known, Oh, let's give her a winner's edit. Cause you, Correct. Cause you can go home. So, but in survivor in the challenge, when you know, you can edit and backtrack, you can start the challenge all-star season three with a tribute to Wes and his involvement and him saying, I'm going to win the show because you know, he wins the show, you know? So with this, and they're a little more on the nose with it than survivor survivor likes to slow play certain people but they also like to tell simultaneous stories, which is for instance, the reason we find out that Owen or Gabler were on the block, whatever it could be because one of them is the next person to go home. It could also be because one or both of them make it very far or become the leader of the next tribe or whatever. And I think that with survivor, you can only work with what you have, right? So the tribe that goes to tribal, you often will know who almost went home and stuff. So like on a season like David versus Goliath, we know that about Nick because Nick was almost going to get voted out, but then something happened where somebody gets hurt and there's no vote, right? That's why we know about that. It was nice to have a beginning of Survivor where somebody didn't get medevaced out or quit. Yes, we had that last season too. Yeah, that was a a welcome change. But so my point is to say this to anyone who says, I wouldn't want to see a first boot season. They would probably all suck. They're not wrong in saying that because you never really do get to know these people well enough or see them play to think 
that they would be good. And because they quote unquote went home first, you kind of, you know, that's an asterisk on their survivor resume. You say, okay, in the game of that season, you sucked. However, I think of it like this. Don't you think that for the most part, they cast people, they look for 18 or 16 or 20 people who hypothetically could at least win the game or get close to winning the game. I don't think they're going for any overall overt stinkers when they do the casting process. And when you look at some of these glimpses we've had at a Marianne who ends up winning or a Nick who ends up winning, and we don't get those every season because they don't necessarily have the footage because you only have the footage. If the tribe is in dire straits, there's no reason for, you know, let's use an example. So let's say Erica's tribe, was winning early on, which I think they were, you wouldn't have a lot of talk about, we got to get rid of Erica or whatever early on because they weren't losing. So you can't tell that story, but the few times out of the 40 seasons or 40, well, you tell seasons, the story of thinking about throwing it to get Erica out. <laughs> so, well, that was middle of the season, but yes, exactly. So my point is that I agree with you that a first boot season would be interesting because there's such a butterfly effect of, you happen to be the one out of three tribes that loses. And thus you become one of six people who has to go home. And yes, within that specific dynamic, for whatever reason, you were voted out out of six people who were the bottom three of 18. All that has to and, break different yeah. is one other thing and you could win the show. And yeah. And you know? sometimes it has, it has nothing to do with the person, right? Sometimes it's, as we know, when there's so little to go off of, you you hang on to any little thing. So the first thing that anyone can possibly point out that is anything different from anyone else, you know, this person, oh, look, this person went on a walk. They must be looking for the, oh, this person is a salesperson. They must be dangerous. Whatever it is, if you can just at that point where nobody knows anyone, nothing has happened yet, if you can just you know, anyone but me. Okay. We all agree. There's like a thing that we can just decide is a reason. And that's enough right now. That's really all you need for the first boot. And, and to me, honestly, Mariah, you know, they, they said that because they wanted to keep the tribe strong and she's for some reason making the tribe weak. I don't actually think that's necessarily a thing. She does not seem to me comparatively weaker to some of the other players on her tribe. It's not like it's a clear differentiation to me of, oh, this person is holding us back. This person can't swim or this person, you know, is, is, is too big to be able to do certain things or uh, too small to be able to hold their own weight or whatever. To me, she does not stand out as being, that much different from other people on her tribe. For instance, Janine in this challenge struggled at digging under the sand comparatively to the, uh, not, I don't even think she was necessarily bad at it. Just compared to the two other people who did that, you know, seemed to struggle more than those people. And, and I don't, you know, and, and we saw Gabler struggle in the end with the puzzle. So I don't think that this really was, a, a truthism here that Mariah made the tribe the weakest of, of, of everyone here. But Do how much agree? of that, well, how much of that also is this, right? So like Marianne very early on last season, they make it apparent that Marianne's annoying people. Right. And that's because they are telling the story of Marianne annoying people overcoming it and end up winning the show in this episode. They almost tell us more of a story about why Gabler's probably going home and his bad decisions socially and strategically and why Owen's rub rubbing people the wrong way. And they're slow playing Mariah because she's the one who ends up 
getting voted out. And they do such a good job during an episode of making you think it's this person. No, it's this person. And not even actually letting you think it's a Mariah. And part of that is, I think, not really letting us into some of the other reasoning we keep comparing her to Marianne. Like you wonder what you know, did people, you know, were they intimidated by her youthfulness? Was she too positive? Did she just not get along with people? What are the reasons that people decided to vote her out? I wonder how much of that was to maybe give her kind of a, a nice edit on her way out, but also to not have us even have her on our radar because you give us a couple of early clips of people getting, you know, getting annoyed by her and then boom, she's on our radar. Instead, she really, I think, was was a sneak up vote here, and you don't really even think of her as. I mean, I'm looking at this cast photo right now. To me, it's an anyone but me thing. It's someone said, "Oh, she's the weakest person." Let's all say she's the weakest person. That's the only thing we can really grab onto. But she's wearing a like in her cast photo right now. Like I'm looking at her right now, right? So she's got this rainbow hair. She's got this rainbow dress, right? And say what you will about that, I happen to think it's great, but it's like, she's a lot, right? That's a lot. Like you clearly are a lot, right? She's this teacher. She's got a great energy, whatever, but you could see someone trying to spin that into a like, you know, Hey, if you're going to be a lot, you better be better at the competitions, whatever it is. My point is you haven't, we didn't get any of it. Right. So it's, we're now left to infer, Oh, was it a strength thing? Was it this? And I think part of that is we don't really get that much of her because instead they wanted her to sneak up on us as a candidate to go home. And thus we weren't that prepared for why she ended up going home. We might get it after. I think we might get it in this next episode, maybe a little bit more. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Maybe. What I think is interesting here is that Sammy, who is 19 years old, the pet cremator from Las Vegas, is not even mentioned here as possibly going home. And if you were to, you know, guess who might be rubbing people the wrong way going into this, you would think probably, you know, the 19 year old here. Uh, but he actually, and, and sort of based on his, you know, preseason interviews, uh, I did not get the same vibe that I am now getting having watched him. He's smarter than you would think uh, just from 
knowing, you know, seems wiser. All the pet cremators I know are morons. So like, again, I'm with you. I agree. Most people where that, you know, they call you up. What should I do? How do I cremate this pet? They don't even know how to do their own job. So I get it. Right. Well, we did a, we did a draft and you know, the person who got the last pick here was Sammy and they made a joke like, Oh good. I, I wanted the 19 year old pet cremator from Las Vegas. So, you know, you know, I, I think, I don't think it's uh, out of line here to say that I didn't necessarily have high hopes here for Sammy. And yet Sammy, I, you know, I, I get he's physically the strong, looks like the strongest guy on the tribe and they want to keep the strength for that, but not, you know, he also seemed to be getting along with the, with the women on the tribe. He seemed to be getting along with the men on the tribe. He was proving his, I think more than anyone proved his weight around camp. Proved his, his, you know, proved himself at the Sweat or Savvy Challenge. He's the one who really did it for it, got them the flint there, and also was the one who was, you know, taking on the leading roles on the puzzle and the challenges, leading them through that. So I actually think here, you know, I, I'm willing to say my first impression of Sammy was completely wrong. Yeah, I mean, I'm digging him now, but I don't know how I'm going to feel when they win a chicken as a prize and he cremates the chicken when everyone is sleeping just saying just saying it's on the table they're they're putting it out there it's possible um yes because pet cremators love to cremate animals for fun um who did you draft in our league i had gabler 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 i think it's i think it's gabler gabler uh i had um I picked the first overall pick of the draft. I picked Jesse. Okay. Um, and I also picked um, Noel. Noel. Okay. All right. My pick. I usually so like to go with the women. I used to I try to be women heavy. I went my, three women. Picks. Good for you. Yeah. I've got the Spice Girls is what I'm calling them because that's not condescending at all. I've got Carla. I've got Janine who I will admit once we saw the intro to the episode, she wasn't really featured in the intro. I was like, Oh no, but I think she, I, we got enough of Janine in this first episode where I'm, I'm feeling okay about it. And uh, my third pick is Cassidy Clark, the designer. So, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, can't really decide what to do with her, but I think she, I think we're going to get a, a good season out of Cassidy. So those are, those are my three ladies. I have to ask you were up in arms about this last season. And now back to back, we have a Lindsay on the show, uh, spelt the same way as you, Lindsay Carmine, pediatric nurse here. Yeah, Is it she, getting easier she, as we add Lindsay's? You, you think like the more, like as if we just have so many Lindsay's and it becomes a staple and you have to always have well, Lindsay. Correct me if that. I'm wrong. Your reason for, for not wanting last year's Lindsay, who did very well on the show, was that you felt it was one step further yes, for you I, being yeah, on the I show. Agree. I agree. And I think it's subsequently way worse that there are two Lindsay's in a row. I think. But don't you think that this disproves think, your point? The fact that they went back to the Lindsay well right away, they weren't even like, they weren't even like, well, can't use Lindsay Carmine. We had Lindsay last year. Remember, she did very well. She was on the season yeah, for a I get long it. time. Look, there's like a James. There's been lots of James, right? There's there's been there's you know, a Ryan. There's Mike. A Mike. There was a Mike who went far last. Yes, yes, yes. Maybe I'm incorrect. I just felt like there had never been a Lindsay before. So the chances of like, you know, they don't care. I'm telling okay. you, names right. don't I mean, matter you did at all. Kind of proved me right this season, yeah. with, with this season, but I think the chances of I there proved being you right or three, I proved you wrong. 
They approved you, you wrong. proved me wrong. The chips yeah. are there being three Lindsay's in a row, though. That's where they're drying the line. I truly don't think it matters at all, but you could also pull the, hey, I, Jeff, I have, call me Jaeger. Call me Jaeger. I have good, I have big hopes for, I have big hopes for Lindsay. She was one of, one of the ones I wanted on my team. I also, another one I really was debating picking first in, in my overall in the draft was Ryan. Uh, I really liked him and I, I still like him. I think he's doing really well. He's going to go far in the game. Um, and I, 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 I debated for a long time between him and Jesse. Um, I think it's interesting to see Jesse, um, now in the show different, maybe from my first impression of Jesse. Um, he's really kind of playing things, uh, behind the scenes here, really calm. He, he doesn't seem like he's, uh, trying to do much, which probably is actually the way to go here at the beginning. Um, but it's hard when you're, you know, rooting for someone and they don't seem to be, you know what I mean? That um, kind of, what's the word, passionate about getting things done, making moves, forming alliances. Um, you start to worry, but really it's, you know, probably the best thing he can be doing is just being likable and sort of going with the flow here and getting lucky as to uh, who wants to work with him at the risk of like going person by person. I, I just, there are a couple people that I, I wanted to get your thoughts on that kind of just jumped out at me during this episode. What are your thoughts on uh, Cody, the uh, elevator sales guy? Do you, and, and, and my, my big question with him is what sort of story do you think we're, we're trying to tell here with this guy, Cody, because I felt like we were getting a lot of him, you know, as far as, you know, he's very cocky, um, you know, the tattoo stuff. Um, to me, he's someone who jumps out at me as he could be getting a Chris Noble kind of story where he's like, you know, one of the first, you know, boots post merge, something like that. Or he could be in this thing for the long haul and we no, get kind not of not even close. Yeah. You think we're, we're in it for the long haul with him or what? I, I don't know if we're in for the long haul, but I'm not, I'm not getting a Chris Noble vibe here. I think, again, I think first impressions are deceiving. I think he is also someone who is, um, you know, to me already coming across better than my first impression was. Uh, I, that was so fun, the edit, right? The great reveal where he's w- waging war on this salesperson because we can't trust salespeople and then cut to talking about how he's a salesperson. He's never going to tell anyone he's a salesperson. Again, he knows, right? You just like find a thing this early in the game. All you got to do is like find a thing, find a reason that people can nod their heads to can agree with. And that's all you really need at this point. Um, and, and clearly, you know, he had that great moment where he figured out the challenge. He figured out to put it, uh, the key inside the bamboo stick. And, and so I, I think he's, I think he's doing well for his tribe. I think his, his tribe, um, needs him here so far. Yeah. And Jeff Probst's uh, interview with, um, entertainment weekly, he uh, said that in all the times they practiced that challenge, the dream team never discovered that little loophole, the idea that it, no pun intended loophole, that if you put the key into the hole, the bamboo it was pretty simple. So uh, he credited Cody with figuring something out that it's not even like they had t- intended that to be the kind of hidden strategy of the game. They in My no, question they, you know, here in that moment is that, you know, they're shouting that out and they're not that far from each other. Did nobody on any of the other teams hear him shouting it out and say, Oh, they're trying this, try this too. 
Yeah, I will say that it does feel a little bit more clear to us because they're mic'd. And so when stuff like that happens, it feels like everyone could hear it. But like there's waves crashing, you know, like the, the you know, it's not as clear to somebody who say like 60 feet away on the other side. Everyone's yelling stuff like who knows that the thing that the person's yelling on the other side is working perfectly for that person. It would take a lot to process that in the amount of time, I think, um, to actually catch up and then do it and win. So um, but yes, I agree with you that listening to other people's strategies is sort of maybe the uh, equivalent of watching someone else, you know, succeed on a puzzle and kind of copy them. Um, But this seemed to happen kind of quickly, I think. And again, giving credit here to, you know, the casting and to the editors being surprised by, by people, you know, so especially here, Sammy and Cody, that moment in the sweater savvy where, you know, (laughs) you see Sammy, you know, was willing to do the sweat and, and uh, uh, was it, uh, Owen was like, please do not say that. Please do not say that. I don't want to do it. So he, you know, he's strong. He's willing to do the sweat. And then we get to the savvy and it turns out like the reason he wanted to do the sweat is he doesn't want to let them know how smart he is. And he's trying to figure out, does he need to tell these people how to do this or can they figure it out on their own? When he realizes they're never going to figure it out on, on his own, it's this cool reveal that he's the one here. You know, again, the 19 year old, not the one you would think would be the one to figure it out here. Um, and so I thought that was super fun to have him like the way he did it too. Like he didn't like, you know, he wasn't like, okay, here's the answer. Like he sort of like, uh, was like made it seem like he was surprised at himself too, you know, like, Oh, Oh my God. Like, look at this thing that I just came up with. Um, and kind of like the joy and surprise he had in, in him being the one, uh, I think was a, a good look there. I'm going to go to a question here while we're talking about Cody. This is from Tracy. Tracy, the Kahuta enthusiast says, Cody impressed me, especially in the first competition. He was giving me Ozzy vibes. Do you feel this episode needed to be two hours considering only one person was voted off? If memory serves, last year they did a two-hour premiere but voted off two people. So kind of two parts to that. First and foremost, do you get Ozzy vibes from Cody? Physically, I do. I think they look similar, but what do you think? Um, I, yeah, I, I see it a little bit there for sure, Tracy. I think that though, uh, different vibes, like I, I think that Cody like makes a point to come across a certain way, whereas Ozzy felt a little bit more, um, like he wasn't doing as much. Cody feels like he's doing a little bit more. Does that make sense? You know, like he's trying a little bit harder here. Um, and, and yeah, I, I, I'm okay with one person going again, like what we talked about, like the, the reason someone can go three days in could be so random and unfair. And so, you know, I'd rather have a a double boot later on in the season when someone's had a little bit more time to get their footing and to really play the game. And then the second part of that is the, the, and we got another question about this as well. Um, Mandy hand wrote in that said as well, what are your thoughts on only one person going in the first episode? Feels like not a lot happened in a two hour episode. Um, and that's kind of echoing with what, what, uh, Tracy has said here, which is, you know, last year we've had longer episodes with more people being voted off. I didn't really even notice until I heard people talking about this after I thought what you said, right? Like, like, the difference between survivor and the challenge. I I felt like they did such a good job though, of introducing the characters to us and we're getting more and more of these sort of at home packages from people, right? Like people's past, which at first I was hesitant to, uh, to appreciate because I felt like 
you know, I, you know, it was, it was, it, I was worried about it getting into big brother territory where it was cheesy and corny and a little bit forced, but I, I think they're doing a good job with it. And, and I do think, you know, we, they spent more time giving us sort of, uh, people's full picture here. And, and so I'm okay with it. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I actually thought that, yeah, this, this episode was well served by having now in recent seasons, we've had, as you mentioned, a lot of medical, you know, disqualifications. And last week we had the thing with last year, we had the thing with Jackson. So I don't know. I, I just, I, I kind of was cool with this because it's not like we often get like two people who go home the old fashioned way, or it ends up being like a double tribal or whatever. So I actually felt this, this felt fine. And I, I didn't think it dragged or anything like that. So I'm, I'm glad we got the two hour episode to introduce everyone. Uh, Mandy adds, I was totally impressed by Sammy. I thought he wouldn't be able to hang being so young, but honestly he did great. My winner pick is Jesse though. I hope he wins. So uh, Mandy echoing your sentiments about Sammy there and her winner pick is Jesse. Uh, and you, you had spoken about him as well. So you guys, uh, on the same page there. Yeah, you and Mandy Hand. Um, here's Diana Bean. Diana Bean says, were you surprised that Owen was a potential target? I thought he would be a target because of his smarts and strategic game, but it seemed like he was a target because he wasn't being as social as the rest of the tribe. Uh, to that, I agree with you, Diana. And to that, I also wonder, is that sort of a, lot, a little bit of what I was alluding to, which is, was this showing us Owen as a potential target so that when Owen, you know, overcomes this and does well in this game, we see that early on he was potentially the first boot, but then we look back on it and we see what he's able to do with a little bit of leg room. So um, I, I, I don't disagree with you there, Diana. And I wonder if it's a little bit of, of that, you know what I mean? Um, when you, when you, when like they said, you know, he was a target because he wasn't being as social as the rest of the tribe. I wonder how mu- how substantial that really was and how much was them choosing to show us that when in the end they realized that he wasn't really, you know, he ends up getting that one vote, right? So he is the one vote from Mariah, right? But other than that, it's really hard to quantify how much of a target he really was. We are left to believe that he was because that's what they're telling us and showing us. But how close was that to actually happening? We'll never really know. So I wonder if that was a choice. Yeah. Yeah. You you never know. They might just need something to throw out there to make it interesting. You can tell that Owen is a fan of the game, though. He didn't want to do, you know, he knew sort of right away with the sweater savvy that he did not want to do the sweat he did not want to be isolated. He seemed like someone who had listened to podcasts before, understood the strategy here of why you don't want to be in a certain position at the beginning of the game. I'm, I love that, that it seems like maybe more than ever, the people on this season are, are true fans of the game, true scholars of the game. And I think just like it was the last few seasons, I think it's, it's going to make for some great gameplay going forward. But speaking of not great gameplay, oh. what was with Gabler threatening to use the shot in the dark here? I was having trouble understanding what that meant. And like, I think what he was he... trying to say, like, I don't want you to feel like just because I got the idol that I'm safe. If you really, really think that I should be gone, then you should be able to vote for me. Uh, and I'll just use my shot in the dark. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, I go home because it was my fault. And if you think I don't deserve to be here, then I'll go. But it was such a weird, cause like, if you feel that way, then like, don't use the shot in the dark. Right. If you're saying like, Oh, like if you want me gone, then 
throw me out, then then don't use your shot in the dark if that's how you really feel. I just thought it was a, a strange uh, uh, threat that didn't really continue with logic. Yeah, I just couldn't, like, like I know it was a kind of a bull. I, I got it as, like, he was super anxious by being the one who went and clearly got this sort of advantage or, or potential advantage and sort of just trying to overcompensate for that and just kind of got diarrhea of the mouth here. Um, and it, it goes, it goes as like far to show how well liked he is that that wasn't the, you know, nail in the coffin for him. I wonder also, you know, does it matter that, you know, he potentially has this idle or immunity as well? It's kind of a waste, but yeah, I, definitely seems like he's the wild card here. Um, I'm getting, I, I don't know. I feel I like I've gone a hundred years without you using the phrase diarrhea of the mouth. It's a pretty common phrase. I okay. feel like I, I don't, use it I don't need it. I don't need it. It's not, it's not up to snuff for you. I don't need it. Continue. Okay. So, um, you know, I, I, I didn't know what he meant by that. Like, I'm going to play my shot in the door. Like, like, like basically like, Oh, I know I have this other advantage. So I'm going to remove my ability to use this other one later in the game. Really weird. I'm with you on that. So, um, but I do get, uh, and also, why was there no talk about so? So to clarify, he has an idol that he can use at only he could have used it only this one or the next tribal council that his team tribe goes to. I think they said two. Yeah, right. But is it, is the, it the next is it one? The first two total, or just? yeah, that's always unclear to me. I don't know. Like if okay, they win, so, are they a victim of their own success? If they win, does this thing expire? I don't know. Right. I just felt like. Yeah, I just felt like he should have just used it because, like, it, right? It's like has so little worth going forward otherwise. Or he, they should have also like thought about. There's no talk about flushing it, right? Like, maybe we should get him to think that we're gonna use it on. You know, we're gonna vote him out so he uses it so that we, um, he is not safe at the next one. When you get down to these tiny tribes, right? If there's only five people at the next one and one person safe and, and, you know, I, I just think, uh, you're really setting yourself up there. Yeah. I'm with you there. Um, I do, I do think though, there are so many outcomes to him and his potential journey and narrative here. Like, I feel like he could go really far like a Keith. And I feel like he could also be an early exit. Like the guy last season, who was the guy last season with like the big eyes who also kind of, you know, got in his own way. He went to, you know, Shipwheel Island and was his name like Bob or Bill or something like that. He had like a very big cartoony look. He looked like a caricature of somebody you draw on the roof at uh Hardee's or something. Uh, I literally have no idea what you're talking. Who's the guy with the curly hair? He had kind of like a Howard Stern vibe or something, you know, last season. He was an early boot. He was like one of the first five out. No idea. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I don't remember his He name. had like a ton of he had like a ton of yes, ammunition. He like yes. won three the advantages in a row. House. He and like the had southern a, accent, right? He had like a, I don't know if it was Southern. Yeah. He kind of reminded me of Bill Walton. I don't know. I don't know, but that guy, right. So he, this, I feel like Gabler could have his fate and he could make it all the way to the final three. Um, either way. Um, okay. The last one I have here from Patreon, uh, is I was hoping he was going to be like a Mike from last season, the new Mike, except be able to do a better job at final tribal council. Maybe that's why yeah. I picked him. I like that he lists that he listens to heavy metal. I think that it's a, uh, it's a shame that the woman pretending to bond with him over the music is actually falsely identifying as a, uh, a rocker when it is really her sister, but Hey, I'll take it. Um, 
So last thing here is not a question so much as a, uh, a comment uh, from Elise. Um, Elise says, let me pull it up here. Okay. Um, Elise says, this is my, I watched it um, so I can enjoy more of the podcast and stop being so clueless. My first ever Survivor episode down in the books. Yay, uh, Elise, uh, welcome. I'm so honored and she said I, love so hearing, much, I love hearing stories like this. She said it's so much uh, more different than the challenge, but I'm going to stick with it. Hope all the episodes aren't that long. So I believe I heard that next week's might be 90 minutes, but if being long is something that uh, disrupts you, at least what I would say is if you have Paramount Plus and if you can stomach the potential spoilers on Wednesday night, watch it on Paramount Plus with no commercials on Thursday. It goes up right away Thursday morning, no commercials. The average episode is condensed to 45 minutes. This one would have been like an hour or something. I must uh, like so blindly love this show that I can't imagine a world in which I was ever annoyed at it being longer. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I always think, like, why isn't it? Why, is it, why aren't there more two-hour episodes? Every week should be a two-hour episode. There just seems to be so much strategy, I guess, for whatever reason. In this episode, people didn't feel like enough stuff was done. I liked that we didn't have, like, a, any more twists than we did, right? Like, I didn't need a ship wheel island or, you know, any more uh, kind of advantages thrown in. I, I liked that it was focused on the people. But, I, yeah, I guess, I guess... I see what you're saying. If this is like your first time that it didn't feel like that much happened. I, I think, hang on, Elise. I think that there you're going to, as we go on, you're going to see more and more layers to the strategy and it, you know, every second of it will be interesting to you. Yeah. I feel like uh survivor is such a more fruitful viewing experience. Like, you know, I mean, and again, they're different. Like to me, the challenge is something you watch because it is an ongoing thing with recurring characters that you want to come see. And like when, when a challenge cast gets announced, people are happy or dismayed by the inclusion of specific people. Survivor is a game where you're watching different people dropped into the same confines of the same game with rules that sometimes change or get altered or, or flipped and stuff like that. But for the most part, you're kind of watching the same social experiment play out and play out. We just kind of saw what that would be for the challenge by watching challenge USA. And I think a lot of people were underwhelmed by that. Like a lot of people don't necessarily need to see, you know, for those, for those of us that watch survivor and some people watch amazing race and love Island or big brother and things and, and knew a percentage of the cast, it was a little different, but for a lot of challenge viewers, they were like, you know what? I don't necessarily need to see 20 strangers play the challenge. I'd rather watch the people that I grew up watching or was just introduced to, or just put seven seasons of my time into learning or knowing and survivor is different survivor i think is is a lot about the the strategy and watching different people get plugged into the same game so um, i, I look say, forward to hearing what you think yeah me too i want to say not enough age diversity on this cast i feel like right like a lot of middle ground a lot of like late 20s and and 
and 30s. Um, not enough. Like there's one 52-year-old and then the next oldest is 42 and I and or 43 and then a 42-year-old. And that's kind of all we got there. And I think like I was just thinking about how it was nice we didn't hear a lot of divisions based on age here. You know, it wasn't like the young guys or the old guys, which we we often get early on here. Um, and then I'm really, there's not really that and a lot of age diversity for me. Um, so maybe that's why we're not getting so much of that. Everyone seems to sort of be in this middle area other than obviously we've got Sammy at the bottom here and we've got Gabler at the top. Um, but uh, I, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised that there was not a lot of, you know, the, the first person singled out was not the oldest person on the tribe here. Um, well, it was the youngest person. <laughs> so <laughs> was the youngest. Per- no, it wasn't the youngest person. Sammy's the youngest person. Well, she's in there though, right? No, she's the third. She's in the middle. She's right in the middle. It's 19, 24, 28. She's How old 28, is she? 28. Oh, she's 28. Oh, why am I, yeah. why did I think she was younger? She has a youthful vibe, just like yeah. Marianne did. Okay. Yeah. Um, so but Marianne, was, nice re- the, but Marianne was 23. Was not a, age was right? not a, yeah. Age was not a factor here, which I liked. I appreciate it. I want this to be anyone's game at any age. I as do I truly, continue to age and get up there and, and dream about one day playing. I, I'm always rooting for there to be more older contestants. Yeah, I do truly think it's anyone's game. I don't really have a grasp on anything as I nor would I have had a grasp on anything last season or the season before. So again, one of the things I like about Survivor is they don't overplay their hand in that regard. And yeah, and, who's your winner pick right now? First episode, ooh. who's your winner pick? Who was my early last year was high was like my early winner pick. Right. Um, and, and again, I think I incorrectly, what happens is on survivor survivor does this. I think the most out of, out of at least in don't talk about the, the edit. <laughs> no, but they do play you. There is a first half hero and a, and you don't want the first half hero is never the winner. But you know, point. the first half hero is never the winner. Right. It, and, and it's a little bit the edit and it's a little bit gameplay, right? Like we were talking about with Jesse, yes. like, you don't want to play the, the the new age of Survivor. You don't want to play too hard at the beginning because at some point the biggest threats yes. are the ones who are going to go home. Yeah, and you and you almost don't even want to be that that next person either. You know the Ricards of the world and things like that. Or if you are going to be, you need to have everything kind of play out perfectly, like Marianne. You know, because Marianne, you know, became that threat. What was perfect for her. If she became that threat, when she had the advantages to take her to the end. Yeah, exactly. So, um, all right. So you want my winner so pick winner pick with that in mind that the person playing the hardest right now is probably not the one to get to the end. Who are you going with? I mean, again, this is what's so hard to do at the beginning of the game is, is like the, the, the three tribe structure. This is why I don't love the three tribes to be quite honest, is that it, it becomes more so about like, like for instance, again, Mariah goes home here and we hear who else is on the low end of that tribe because they were last and the other tribes like, yes, you know, th- this tribe, you don't won. know where they stand yet. Yeah. And, and it's almost like you, you, uh, I find okay. myself you reading saw into, a little bit of it. Where, who are you going with? Well, it's like, I find myself reading into who was only, who, who was like shown more than they should be or who, you know, so, so it's like, with the edit not in mind, who do you think is playing a great game right now? Winner pick. Go ahead. 
But to me, I will say wholeheartedly, I cannot answer this question in that way because I don't think anyone is quote unquote playing a great game, nor does it matter at this juncture, right? It's about to me, you know, it, it now is almost about to me reading into these people and personalities and almost projecting who I can see, you know, playing the good game when it matters, you know, like right now, you go and you win a challenge and then you're, you're not on the chopping block. You don't have to go to tribal. We don't really get to see any of your game other than yes, maybe correctly assessing that you need to get Okay, a, I'll go. I'll answer my own question. Sure. I'm, I'm going to stick with my number one overall draft pick and I'm going to go with Jesse. I think that he happens to be in the right place at the right time being grouped in with other people, but without having to overplay his hand. And I'm going to stick with Jesse. Go ahead. Um, so I'm going to pick a couple different people and here's why, right? No, Who is your winner pick Scott Yeager? All Give right. me one. You're not allowed to have three and then look back and be like, see, I got it on the first episode. You can tell me who you think it is and then tell me some other ones you have high hopes for, but you have to have a winner pick. I'm going to go Ellie. See, I think Ellie's overplaying it too fast. Okay. And then I'll say, here's what, if, if I was allowed to give two, I would say Owen, based on the fact that, okay. and to go back to what Redemption we were saying, story. like from what we saw and what they were, what the cards they were dealt as a show, right? Is this is the tribe that lost, right? So what are you telling us about this tribe, right? You're not necessarily trying to tell they lost, right? So the tribe lost. So there's no need to tell a story of who's awesome on this tribe, right? Cause the tribe lost. We know Mariah goes home and thus she also put the vote on Owen, but by letting us know, Hey, Owen was close to going home here. I think if Owen redeems himself or if the tribe redeems themselves and if he does well, or, or now, yes. Is this me reading into the edit? Sure. But to me, that's what early survivor is kind of about when it comes to quote unquote predicting a winner, because as you said, you don't want to be the one coming in guns a blazing at the beginning. And even if you hypothetically would have been, if your tribe is winning, it doesn't really matter, you know? So I would pick Owen from the losing team and picking someone from the winning teams who we saw a lot of, um, I would go Ellie, but if I'm, if I'm admitting it, I'm admitting it because we, it's because how much we saw of her and how much we learned about her and her thought process and her sister and things like that. Um, you know, getting that in an episode like this, I think, is maybe en route to showing her journey. But you might be right in that we're showing her she's the the first act journey. That's possible. So those are my picks. Ellie and Owen, who I'm picking. I don't have either of them on my fantasy team. So uh, we'll see what happens with Carla and Cassidy. I'm, and I, I'm loving I'm loving Ryan so Janine. far. That's for me. For me, my top picks here, uh, who I expect great things from. Uh, I'm excited to see Lindsay, what Lindsay's got. I'm excited to see what Ryan's got. Um, Jesse's my, my pick here. And uh, yeah, those are my, I'll, I'm going to go with those three for right now. All right. I think this was a great premiere of Survivor Mania. Uh, we love getting your thoughts. I often do a questions thread over at patreon.com slash challenge mania. But if you're listening to this and you're Let's not a patron, that's fine. <laughs> Feel free to 
Well, I'm giving people information here, Lindsay. Um, you can email me, challengemaniapodcast at gmail.com. You can always tweet us. I'm at Shot of Jaeger. She's at Lindsay the Otter. If you have a question about the previous episode or the current episode or things like that, and I'll try to work those into the show as well, because we love every one of you who checks out Survivor Mania, not just the people on Patreon, although that is the most convenient place for me to kind of do a questions thread at times. So what do you got, Lindsay? What were you saying? I want, I want to end it by, you know, we didn't get enough of the marital stuff in here, which I know everyone loves so much. So I want to end it by, by uh, let's get everyone's opinion here on this, which obviously everyone's going to side with me here. But so Scott had COVID and I was taking, he was locked in a room and I was taking care of both kids, taking care of the household, getting, getting Scott his food, get, making dinners for everyone, getting Scott his iced coffees. Clearly did, uh, you know, my son had to sleep in my bed with me. Didn't want to sleep in the bed unless I was in here too. It's a high bed. So I would have to go to sleep with him every night when he went to sleep. So I didn't get to watch, uh, you know, anything. Whereas my husband here binge watched about three shows and more and got to do whatever he wanted for a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. He, he had COVID, but he was totally fine and was just like in a room doing whatever he wanted. I don't even know what Wait, that so now would, we, would be from like. Earlier today, it was here, here how congested he sounds, be, and now yeah, he's, he's totally fine. Con- having, Which is it? You're, yeah, you're congested. Great. Okay, go on, with what you're, go on with what you're saying. Go on with what you're saying. Okay. So anyways, so my husband like faulted me here is, or is punishing me for not having watched the TV in which I had no time to do it as if I wouldn't have loved to have been sitting in a room by myself for a week watching, binge watching TV shows. And not only obviously I couldn't keep up with, you know, I watched Survivor, but it took me two days. But Game of uh, House of Dragons, uh, House of the Dragon, I was not, have not, I'm now two episodes then. I was not able to watch because obviously where, where did this mama have time to watch it? And my husband was threatening me yesterday that he was going to go ahead and watch the next episode without me because I hadn't watched it yet. And I just want all of you all to weigh into my husband about, you know, what that behavior really, what that behavior is, is like to you. Okay. So let me give you my side of it, which is last night. What side could there be? Well, because no, because you're 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 last, selfish. This was and- a joke. This was a joking conversation we had last night out on the the lawn with with some other parents, whatever. Where I jokingly said that. So basically, last week, you know, we did not watch House of the Dragon together like we normally try to do on the Sunday. The difference between Lindsay and I is. Lindsay watches the show and then she moves on with her life. I listen to about four to five Game of Thrones related podcasts. I follow a lot of people who cover Game of Thrones. I follow your, you know, your, your different accounts that are often kind of alluding to things that happen, posting interviews, things like that. Okay. So as soon as I can watch Game of Thrones or, or House of the Dragon, it opens up a well of other content for me throughout the week. Like if I, if we do hypothetically watch it when it's intended on Sunday at nine, then starting at 10, and usually you can, but you had COVID and your wife was doing double duty this week. So, so let me finish. So, oh, so last week I waited till around Wednesday, I think it was. And then I texted you and I go, Hey, so since I'm going to be here for a while, why don't we both, you know, separately watch it? Um, that way How we... I wish that I could have separately watched it. Okay. I know that's fine. So I watched it. So then this Sunday rolls around. Now I'm out of the COVID 
den whatever i but, thought it was so kind of me that i was like go ahead and watch it without me even though right. i know i'm not gonna okay. be able to i understand so, but, so now but now you are one behind the the next one right and thus yesterday we could not watch the new one because you have not watched last week's now that's not my fault or your fault and i'm not blaming you but my point is no, that it's, it's your fault it's my fault for, for we're not waiting and we could have watched both yesterday or something. Or something. No, it's, it's your fault that I wasn't able to watch the first one. So I jokingly said, now that I've lapped her, I'm tempted to just go, like, we just go on our separate tracks so I can, you know, listen to my podcast and watch game of Thrones and this, and that. Cause like, who knows now when she's going to have the opportunity to watch two of them. Right. So now I'm at the peril of waiting for her to watch last week. So that we can now watch yesterday's, which is now a day old so that I can catch up in this net and who knows when that will happen. So I jokingly said that I would, I, that I might as well just, just go on without you. Um, and we could both be happy and you could watch it when you get to it. And I watch it when I get to it and I can listen to all my podcasts and you can do whatever you want to do. I jokingly said that, and you were very offended then you're clearly very offended now, but are looking for what, but what do you want me to do? Right? Like, so you said yesterday, let's both watch it. I did. You didn't. But now what's the solve to get us back on the same track? Are you going to like, right? Like I, I you know, you I, say, Lindsay, I'm going to, I was in locked in a room for five days while you did everything. I'm going to give you, a, let's say two days where you don't have to come out of a room except to feed your child and you can do all the things you want to do, you need to do, which for me as a mom is usually, you know, like organizing stuff and, and, uh, you know, responding to school emails, all the fun stuff that I want to do and also so watch I Game take, of Thrones and, and you don't have to do a thing. And then I guarantee you that I will watch house of drag. House so of if drag. I take Lindsay, if I don't said Lindsay, if I take Winnie and Brock outside for an hour today, under the pretense that while we are there, you watch game of Thrones, you will watch game of Thrones and not do other things. Or you will, you, cause you need like, no, I just conditions. said two days, just like you had five days. I give me like so, two so days. That, so these are the conditions in which you will catch up on a fucking show about a dragon that takes an hour. You can't just like have it on side of your computer while you're doing other stuff. You need two days to watch one dragon episode. I think now the tides are turning and the listeners are starting to side with me. Just saying. Yeah, adding fucking in there probably really helped your side. That's ah, a good way to talk. I, I So I'm not very precious about how I view these things. I watch a lot of shows on my phone at the gym. I watched that on my All computer. Right. I while guarantee I everyone that we will have watched the new season, the, the next episode of Survivor on uh, on or about next uh, this Wednesday night. Um, and so we will be podcasting again before you can even think twice. Boom. That's a Thanks, promise. Thanks, everyone. All right, everybody. And you can write in and let us know where you side on the House of the Dragon debacle. And uh, feel free to side with Lindsay. It's I don't understand. Like, it's, it's just, like, this one isn't even a debate. It's like purely. Yeah, but I wasn't even saying I'm going to do it. I was just joking about it. But, like, not really. Like, if I had said, okay, go ahead and watch, you would have been like, great. Yes. Well, well of course. I mean, that's like. Okay. My point well, proven. But what's what would have been one wrong with that? One of us is a selfless angel and the other one is you. But let me ask you, if you had hypothetically Hi, said, go ahead and watch have, it, what would be need, wrong about I me watching it? I need to reclaim my time. It's good, that we, it's good that we got this in. We had such a great episode about Survivor. You had to, you had to uh, put this, this is thing what in the there. People come for. Hey, Bye, everyone. Have come a good for the week. Survivor. Come for the marital woes. Love you all. Goodbye.
Scott Yeager sucks and he's a complete piece of shit. Scott here to tell you about something fun I've been working on for quite some time now that might cause you to laugh a bit, and that's the point. On Saturday, November the 5th, I'll be returning to my comedy roots for something we're calling Challenge Mania Laugh, where you'll get to see four reality TV stars and personalities join me on stage for their own individual stand-up comedy sets. After the comedy, we'll do a reality TV Q&A panel, and VIP ticket holders will also be able to meet everyone during a meet-and-greet after. So come join me, Tech Holmes, Susie Meister, Paulie Calafiori, and Dan Walsh on Saturday, November the 5th at the Chicago Zany's location. That's right. For all you guys who always say, Rosemont isn't technically Chicago. Well, this location is technically Chicago. Tickets are on sale now at challengemania.live, but going fast, stand-up comedy and reality TV a match made in heaven or hell come laugh with us or laugh at us they both sound the same who fucking cares this is at the chicago zanies location which is intimate so tickets are already almost all gone for all of you who always say rosemont isn't technically chicago that's why we picked this one tickets available now at challengemania.live for challenge mania laugh on saturday november the 5th at chicago zanies see you guys there and just so you know this isn't a safe space with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.